The opinions expressed on this podcast are not necessarily those of the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District or its employees. For more information about the Sewer District and its projects and programs, visit neorsd.org. The Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District presents Clean Water Works, a podcast that explores water, sewer, and stormwater issues that affect you and your community. Learn about the people, projects, and programs that are protecting your health and the environment here in Cleveland and throughout Northeast Ohio. We've done a year of these. Yeah. As of today. Oh my gosh, and you were sitting there and I was sitting here. Here we are. It's crazy. A year later. A year later. We've done upwards of 24, 25 episodes. I lose track. Wow. Do you feel different after a year? I feel like... (laughs) It really changes a person. (laughs) I mean, I think about my life before I was podcasting (laughs) and now, you know. Anyway, one full year of Clean Waterworks. We got some microphones. We set up uh, pretty basic equipment here with a laptop, and we were off and running. And mm-hmm. we've been very lucky to have great guests, mm-hmm. and I've learned a lot. I have, too. There's so many people that work here, and a lot of people I would not have met, I don't think, had we not been doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Because we have so many different uh, realms inside the sewer district. Right. A lot of different fields. It's been rewarding to kind of focus on the theme of work, what people do for a living, how they got into their careers. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to doing much more of that in year two. Clean Waterworks, one year old. Do we get a smash cake? <laughs> What's a smash cake? <laughs> a smash cake is the cake that people buy for their children now. You haven't been to a baby birthday party recently, have you? Is it you? like a smash burger? Great question. Uh, no. Okay. The answer is no. No, it's like a tiny cake. Single serving. Single. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, smaller. basically. And then they just use their hands and they smash it and then they maybe eat it. Um, but they get very messy and everyone watches. And this is this is behavior that this is, the uh, world. is being encouraged now? This is the world we live in. <laughs> so my point being, maybe we should get a smash cake. <laughs> Celebrating one, one year. year. We got to keep it away from the microphones. <laughs> Definitely. Do you want to do the introductions this time around, Donna? Oh, no. <laughs> Like, should I pretend to be you? No, that didn't go well. Kieran McConnell, thank you for joining us today. You are the superintendent at Waster. See, no, it's not going to work at Westerly. Yes, I wastewater am. treatment plant uh, in a near Westside Cleveland neighborhood. Yes, I thanks am. for joining us today. Thank you. So Westerly, yes, very exciting, very close to my house. I could walk there. Oh, really? What neighborhoods are you serving? So we are the west side of the the city, mm-hmm. um, on the west side of the river, and you know that includes Edgewater. It includes down to um, close to West Park, West Side, about a hundred thousand people. You have some projects going on there right now. We do. We have a big project going on: um, chemically enhanced tyrate treatment. Mm. Um, I, I think the last time I counted, there were like four cranes there, wow. which on our little site, you know, that's a lot. lot. 
So Sistoff is the combined sewer overflow treatment facility mm-hmm. intended just really to provide settling and kind of storage when we have rain events. A lot of times we get what they talk about as a wall of water um, that hits us really, really hard and the plant can't take more than 100. So so Westerly's wet stream process is permitted to treat up to 100 MGD. And so then anything more than 100 MGD was being sent to cyst off. So it would get screened, and then it would settle, and then it would overflow, and that was kind of the end of the process. It's like partial treatment. Yeah. It's not the full. With right. no chemical. Just settling. Mm-hmm. Settling, degridding, and screening. And now with CEHRT, we can treat with chemically enhanced high rate treatment. Mm-hmm. We will be adding polyaluminum chloride and polymer in different parts of the process to increase the amount of settling that we get, which will kind of provide close to secondary treatment instead of just primary treatment. Mm-hmm. And then additionally, we are constructing high rate disinfection, which will allow us to disinfect up to 400. I think it's 411 MGD. And then flows greater than that, theoretically up to a billion can get through the excess flow conduit. We had a couple of rain events recently, and we did we saw a peak of a billion gallons per day going through there. Whoa. So that's a billion just, gallons. Mm-hmm. The good news is when the project is all said and done, there's going to be a significant improvement in what our effluent through storm flow is discharging. Um so I think we're going to make a, a good positive impact on the lake at that point in time. So these uh, additional processes that you're describing are a bit different from how water is usually treated going through the plant. Right. Where we're using gravity and then... And biology. Biology. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I always enjoy when I give a tour to people is how they are just so shocked that our plant really doesn't use a whole lot of chemical on a normal day. You know, obviously during disinfection season, we're using sodium hypochlorite and bisulfite. And then we use ferric some of the time to do phosphorus reduction. But the majority of what we do is accomplished, you know, either in physical separation means or through biology. And I always like to talk about how our plant is really just a big animal that we just have to keep happy and give it the right amount of food and the right temperature and the right that's environment. Fun. So that's that's how I like to look at our plant. Westerly's process is a little bit different in that we've got our primary settling and our screening and our degridding and all of those things. But when it comes to secondary treatment, our flow gets kind of too it gets hit twice. It gets to go through trickling filters, and then it's passed through solids contact tanks for even more BOD reduction, TSS reduction, mm-hmm. phosphorus reduction. So, Can you talk about how the trickling filter works? Sure. Um, one of the things that's kind of nice about trickling filters, in a way, is that essentially operationally, there's not a whole lot that you do. Typically, what comes into the plant goes through the trickling filters and then goes on to the next process. You know, when you think about trickling filters versus activated sludge, activated sludge has all these controls that you can use to increase detention times or decrease detention times or increase or decrease your um, biology mass that's in your mm-hmm. in your plant. Whereas trickling filters, there's really no control over them either. So 
in some ways, it's super easy to operate trickling filters. But as the person who's responsible for the permit, it can be pretty stressful when the only thing you have are trickling filters. So what's nice about Westerly is we have both. Mm -hmm. We have those trickling filters, and then we have that activated sludge, and the two of them together give us a really nice effluent. We had a conversation about CSOs, which is a combined sewer overflow, and how they really provided some benefit to homeowners in that they help prevent basement backups and and flooding. Right. But those CSOs also help the plants as well, right? Sure. You know, for example, a couple weekends ago, we ended up with an 069 edge water overflow. We actually had two. And that's that was kind of unusual because we didn't have any, I think, the year before. And the year before that, I think we maybe had one. And There were parts of the Westerly collection system that had really, really concentrated rainfall amounts, like um, rainfall amounts that were in the, I think, 50 and 100-year storm event rain amounts. Mm -hmm. So Westerly can handle up to a 25-year storm event. Mm -hmm. Above that, if we did not have that CSO, we would there would still be an overflow. It just it wouldn't be controlled, mm-hmm. and it could possibly damage the equipment and processes in Westerly to make it so that we couldn't treat anything. Right. And so that's why it's so important that when we have those really significant events like that, not even just the process can handle it, the infrastructure, it can't get into the plant at that mm-hmm. point in time. Mm-hmm. So what we don't want to do is end up having, you know, a manhole blow and have flow coming either out onto Whiskey Island Drive, which you know, can happen on, you know, in the worst case scenario mm-hmm. or down the the plant driveway. But more importantly, we just we can't have things flooding and, and destroying motors and pumps, et cetera. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? So I got into wastewater treatment because my dad was the superintendent of water and wastewater in the village of Wellington, which is where I grew up. Oh, where's it, that? that is Southern Lorraine County. It's, mm-hmm. it's farm country, very rural, very agricultural. Um, and as a result, they have their own things to deal with. You know, we struggle sure. with phosphorus. They definitely struggle with phosphorus and they struggle with phosphorus and the drinking water side of things too. And the impacts that, Um, agricultural runoff has Mm. on um, the drinking water side of things. What is their source water? The Charlemont Creek is the source water for the village of Wellington. They have, um, I think it is, or it was at one point in time, the largest man-made body of water in the state. And Mm. and actually some of the newer reservoirs are probably bigger now, but it's a huge reservoir. And what that does for them is it allows them to be very judicious about when they're pumping out of Charlemont Creek Mm. and then, you know, filling up the reservoir gives them plenty of detention time and Mm. their, their water quality is really, really great in Wellington. Wow. But did you say there's phosphorus ending up in the drinking water supply? Well, or? it's it's an impact. You know, there, it, it ends up in the source water. And so because Wellington has the reservoir, it's less of an impact for them. But that's really the biggest issue for them is just making sure that they're not, you know, that those toxins that are um, created by the algae decomposition is mm-hmm. not present in their drinking water. 
So you saw him coming home every day from work and you're like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And actually, and my brother and I both. So I have a brother who's on the, the drinking water side oh. of things also. He works for Lorraine County Rural Water. family business. It is. I wish some of my <laughs> kids would get involved. But um, when, when we were kids, if we were driving mom too nuts in the summertime, she was a teacher. So she'd be home with us. Um, Dad would take us into the to, into the plant, and my brother and I used to pick all the gravel, like the big rocks, out of the side of the driveway so that the mower at the plant wouldn't hit it. Oh. And my dad would pay us with Twinkies and Coke. <laughs> oh I mean, cool. You've yeah. been around this for such a long time that you were just like, mm-hmm. Yep. My whole life. When I was younger, I wanted to get into environmental science. And then I ended up graduating from high school, starting college, and then got married and had kids and didn't finish my college degree. Well, as happens with many of us, I ended up becoming a single mother for a period of time, for a long period of time. And I needed a good, stable job to support my family. And so, you know, it took me a little time. Um, I was in my late 20s and the opportunity came up for an you know, an opening with the city of Oberlin's water treatment. Plant. Oh, okay. So I applied for that job and didn't get a call. And then about six months later, an opening came up for the wastewater plant. And, you know, I talked to my dad and, and said, you know, what do you think about this? And he's like, well, honestly, you know, wastewater is more complicated than water treatment, but it's still a great job and it's still, you know, something to think about. So I applied the thing that got me over the top of the other candidates, you know, I had some education and I had, you know, um, a good work ethic and a good work mm -hmm. record. But I had worked at a Dairy Queen when I was young and got to work on the ice cream machines. Well, those ice cream machines used peristaltic pumps oh, no to kidding. put out the ice cream. So I actually had pump experience <laughs> before I even started, and mm -hmm. and that was that was enough. Saved by soft serve. Yeah, I absolutely. Love that. That's a great journey that right? you've taken. So you were at Oberlin. I was at Oberlin. I got hired as an operator in training, and then I was our lab tech, and then I was our um, chief operator. Is there a big difference going from a small plant to a, a bigger one? Like uh, in some ways, yes. Yeah. You know, really, it's all about personnel mm -hmm. honestly that's that's the biggest difference in going from a small plant to a big plant is you just typically have more people to work with mm -hmm. um we have the same equipment you know maybe we only have two pumps instead of four pumps but we have the same pumps we have the same clarifiers we have the same trickling filters that those smaller plants have but we have a lot more people working on them mm -hmm. so right a lot of times, those smaller plants, you know, I, I always like to meet people who've come from smaller plants because I know that chances are they've had their hands on just about anything in the plant, you know. Mm -hmm. in, in our larger plants like Westerly, Southerly District facilities, we are so fortunate to have great mechanic groups and instrumentation groups. And, mm -hmm. and in smaller plants, you don't have those resources. So you really become a jack of all trades in those mm -hmm small plants. So being around wastewater for so long, you got used to the smells. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there are so many different smells mm -hmm. that you, you experience. <laughs> Obviously, grease smells really stinky. Anaerobic sludge mm -hmm. smells really stinky. And when you Septics. get it on you, it doesn't want to go septic, right? Mm -hmm. But the worst smell for me is the perfume that they used to use. We don't use it anymore. They used to use a cherry-scented deodorizer 
Oh, yes. The village of Wellington used it all the time. Some of the other communities around, there's, I can't remember which community, but there's one in Ohio that is known for the peach scent that they have at their plant. And I still, every once in a while, you know, like you go to a Porta John and they'll have that. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I get a whiff of that, and that is just about sets me over. I can't take that fake cherry mixed with right. what we have. It's, you know, oh, that is just, yeah. just on top of the smell that's right. there. It's like, and then the other thing I would say that was interesting I was pregnant with my youngest. Being pregnant in this field, the smells. Oh, yeah. Like, I walked into a building that just had pumps. It was on the clean end of our plant, but just that kind of earthy, organic smell that you get was enough that I would have to go in, plug my nose, grease the pumps, and then run out because that was the one smell I could not take. Yeah, funny. Being a woman in this field, have you noticed any difference from when you started to to now? Oh, for sure. Um most specifically coming to the district, it is the first time in my career, and I think about this a lot, that I am rarely the only woman in the room. You know, mm-hmm. everywhere else I've worked, there have been female engineers, there have been female finance people. I've gotten to work with really great female leaders before I've come here. But when it's actually time to sit down and talk wastewater, mm-hmm. very rarely have I gotten to do that with other women. And I get to do that here with other women all the time. And that's really exciting. And then um, I see more women coming in and I see more young people interested in what we're doing. And I think that's huge. I think we need those young people right now, definitely getting interested in, in coming aboard. Well, and I think like having you in the position you're in is also an inspiration because then people see you and they can see themselves I hope in that so. role. I you hope know? so. I, you know, and, and kind of on that, I've been really fortunate myself to be able to find some females, some women to be mentors for me in both the leadership side of things as well as the wastewater side of things. Being willing to share our knowledge with each other is hugely important. Mm-hmm. And and being willing to have conversations and really think outside the box, um, I think that's hugely important in what we do too. You mentioned that you came to the job uh, as a single mother. Mm-hmm. And are there opportunities or advantages to working in wastewater that maybe people who haven't considered this as a career uh, should consider? Yeah, for sure. Um, stability. We are always going to have a job. People are always going to need to flush the toilet, <laughs> um, take showers, wash dishes, etc. And, you know, as a single mom, Having that staple income was huge because not all of my contemporaries did. And knowing that I had health insurance and knowing that down the road I'd be able to retire. I mean, all of those things are huge, but the stable schedule and the the stability of our field to me was a huge benefit to being able to get involved in public service like this. talk about the wedding photos the wedding photos yes. your, uh, oh. your photo and your uh, email uh, your avatar i guess yeah is that what the kids avatar? call it these days an avatar yeah, it it's a photo of you at at rocky river at rocky river yeah treatment plant and your wedding dress right um i got married when i worked 
for the city of Rocky River. And the mayor of Rocky River is who married my husband and I. She and I are still good friends. That's She's nice. a mentor of mine. At the wedding, she jokingly said, you know, after this, everyone's going down to the wastewater plant to get pictures. And I said, you know what? We're going to do that. <laughs> so we did. And actually, what the? so I made that dress. That's the, one of the things I'm most proud of. Oh, yeah? Yeah. My, my mom taught me how to sew when I was a kid, and, and uh, she passed away in 2017. So when it was coming time for my wedding, you know, that was a way for me to be able to bring her in. So I... You know, I made the dress and I had every, all my aunts and everybody kind of help me hem it. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then after the wedding, you know, we drove to my, my poor husband. He is such a trooper. <laughs> Not many people get drugged to a sewer uh, plant on their wedding really day, funny. but we did. And I got pictures taken in my pink hard hat in front of the clarifiers at Rocky River. That's awesome. I love that picture because it is very much me. I love what we do. I'm so proud of what we do every day. Yeah, that's awesome. And what like a beautiful way to bring your mom into your day. She was also so proud of of the work that I'm doing, you know, because taking after my dad. And and actually, my mom's dad was a plumber. Oh, okay. So I have a photo in my office of... The family plumbing business from back in the 50s, too. So it's kind of been in our blood. (laughs) You were destined for this (laughs) moment. I was. Um, Can you talk about difficult problems that you've had at the plant? Like if the clarifier wasn't working right or and you had to like troubleshoot it? One of the funniest things that happened, this was to me as an operator, and I was a pretty new operator. We had sand filters where I was working at the time. And... In order to maintain them, you had to chemically clean them. And so we had these little chemical tanks that were connected to PVC and had valves and actuators and everything was supposed to put the chemical up into the filter. And the fil- so the filter's up here and the chemical's down here. And I had only been in the field for probably a year at this time. And the guy who was training me walked out of the building for a little bit and said, just stand here and watch this and it'll be fine. And I started looking at the chemical tank and the level was coming up and there was a hole at the top of the tank. It was like a little bleeder hole, you know, for air Air, to be right. right. And not knowing what to do, I stuck my finger in the hole Oh no! and I'm standing there holding all the filter, trying to reach a telephone over here, not knowing, not knowing what to do. So that's, I ended up standing there with my finger in the hole for probably 35 minutes. You're holding the whole place together, right? (laughs) And I, you know, now I know I probably could have let go for a moment and called and it would have been a little bit of water and not standing there for 35 minutes. But at the time it felt like, you know. The Dutch boy with the finger That's in the dam. Totally what right? I was thinking. Wait, so the water level it, or the chemical level wasn't supposed to be rising like no, that. It was, it was supposed to stay. There was a was. valve that hadn't closed that was supposed to close to prevent backflow. Oh. And so the whole filter was basically ready to just come right on back wow. through that chem tank. So that was that was exciting. Um <laughs> at Westerly, we had sludge mageddon um year before last. We had we're still not sure where it came from or, you know, what caused it. But Westerly's solids process got hit with, it looked like mulch, mm-hmm. just completely plugged up everything we had. 
our pumps were plugging up. It was a struggle for a couple of weeks to try and determine where the material was coming from. The thing about that I think about regularly is the number of times in my career where we have just had to hold our breath hoping that sludge would be able to be taken out of a plant in a quick enough period of time before we ended up having sludge overflowing mm. into the rest of our process. You can end up recirculating solids through your plant. You know, when you end up having that septic, nasty stuff in the right. plant, nothing wants to work quite right. So, yeah, getting sludge out, you know, is always, it's such a happy day when the sludge gets to leave, so. Do you have any advice for residents who might not be aware that things they're putting down the drain or flushing down the toilet sure. impacts the plants? What are things that people can avoid doing to help your facility work? The only thing, you know, I, I always tell people, the only things that they should flush down the toilet are organics and toilet paper. And that is it. Um, a lot of times when I'm talking about what we do, people assume that what once they've flushed it, oh, it's gone. And right. But the reality is most of that stuff that they flush, if it's not organics or toilet paper, we end up having to take right back out and send to the landfill. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole lot more cost effective if they just handle sending it to the landfill right from their house. You know, all those things that, that they can do to improve that can end up saving money for them. You know, everything that we treat costs money, so. You manage a lot of people. Yes. Do you like doing that? I do, on good days. <laughs> you know, and fortunately, most days are good days here. Um, I love being a team leader. I like the coaching aspect of things. But what's really important to me in a leadership role is making sure that the place that everybody that comes to is a place that they want to be at because we spend two thirds of our life at work. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and why would we want it to be a place that's miserable? So let's make it the best place to be. Let's come in, let's do our jobs. Let's respect each other. Let's have a little fun together sometimes. And, um, and go home safe. That's the other thing. I'm, I love that the district has this wonderful safety program. That's another thing I've never gotten to have before I came here. Everywhere else, if there was a safety program, it was me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, being here and having that real commitment to safety and everything that we do and seeing it from the top down. I mean, the guys that are getting into tanks every day, they're 100% on board with it. They mm -hmm. don't mess around. Um, so knowing that we're protecting our employees and everybody should be coming home, you know, going home in the same shape they came in every day is, is, is huge. Do you have other, uh, hobbies? I read and I garden and I like to write. Um, but m most of my time I have my husband, and I have five kids and then we have five grandkids. Oh, wow. And so we love spending our time with our kids and our grandkids camping. What so. do you like to write? I am interested in science fiction, so I'm actually working on some science fiction right now, and then I'm also working on just some personal um, kind of writing about growing up and um, being a single mom and, and things like that. I love sci-fi, so <laughs> I am feel, a free sci -fi nerd. feel free to send it on over. All right, all right. Yeah. I'll let you know when I, yeah. when I settle on a, a final huh? draft.
One of the things that's currently being discussed is renaming the license that we get. So right now it is currently an, a licensed professional wastewater operator. And apparently there's discussion about what we should be calling our facilities and that the term wastewater is somehow not <laughs> palatable to people. I don't know what you would change it to. This is what it is, though. Right. I actually worked at a water environment protection facility. That's what the city of Oberlin's is. To me, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're all treating wastewater. That's what we do. And and just like we are struggling periodically to fill mm-hmm. roles, right. there is a big need for wastewater operators, especially in southern Ohio. They really are yeah. struggling down in southern Ohio mm-hmm. to be able to adequately staff all their plants. And so I think the intent is, is it's a good intent. You know, they want to attract more people into our field. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure that calling it something else is going to fix that. I, I really, I really have encouraged in every opportunity I've had in the conversations I've had with operator certification to try and reach out to young people as early as we can. I would love to see program started at that level to get kids interested. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not going to be a specific wastewater operator job, but some kind of environmental science, environmental careers. Mm -hmm. There are so many paths that that young people could take in in our field if they're interested in doing science, if they're interested in doing hands-on mechanical work, if they're interested in doing engineering, you know, there's so much that you can do in the world of wastewater. Um, I'd hate to see them make it anything other than wastewater, really. If someone wants to work at a wastewater treatment plant, what's your recommendation? Should they try and get some schooling in a particular subject or should they just knock on your door and say, hey, can I have an entry-level job and work their way up? I, I think what's really awesome about our field is either of those is perfectly fine. You know, they're I, I ended up being lucky. I had some education before I got into this, but I ended up in a very, you know, entry level job and have worked my way up. And that's great. And there are people who have been able to do that all throughout the district. And then we've got some other people who are coming in. You know, we got to work with a fellow, um, a Kyle, who is now an operator down at Southerly. And that's an excellent program, you know, being able to to really bring people in directly from those those colleges in those programs mm-hmm. and show them the district and say, hey, here's all the awesome things that we do and you get to try this and you get to try this. Um, those kinds of programs, taking opportunity to, to be involved in those things, I think is huge for people. Yeah, and that's the Clean Water Fellow Thank program. Yes. Yep. So they spend three months in various departments so that they can see all the different things that you can do when you're in wastewater and stormwater. I think one of the things that has made me successful in this career, and I am proud of the work that I do, and I'm proud of where I've gotten to, but I think one of the things that has made me successful is I've always been willing to take on that next opportunity, that next bit of responsibility. Every one of those experiences is just that. It's experience. And so... Don't let yourself get wrapped up into this is just what my job is. This is just what my role is. Make sure you're always looking for that opportunity to see what that bigger role might be and take it. 
especially because each of those opportunities, you never know what door it's going to open. hundred percent. So even if you maybe aren't thrilled with your job at the time, if you keep taking those opportunities, you just never know what'll happen. Right. Carrie Ann McConnell is the superintendent at the Sewer District's Westerly Wastewater Treatment Plant. This has been great. It's been so nice meeting you. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Did you know eligible customers can save up to 40% on their sewer charges? Learn more about the Sewer District's cost-saving programs and use our discount calculator at neorsd.org save or call 216-881-8247. That's neorsd.org save or 216-881-8247. Clean Waterworks is produced by the Communications and Community Relations Department at the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District. Our music was composed and performed by G.S. Shrey. If you have a question or suggestion, or if you'd like to learn more about the Regional Sewer District, visit neorsd.org or call 216-881-8247.